Hey folks, how you doing? You might be looking at this random episode on your feed and being like, what the heck is this? The St. Tabletop Sessions? The St. Tabletop Sessions? And you'd be right. It's actually from our sister podcast, StorySmiths. We just did on StorySmiths an episode focused around Takinoko. So I thought it a fitting way to introduce StorySmiths to the Tabletop Sessions listeners since we have a crossover there. Um, you don't have to listen to this. I hope you do. I hope you enjoy it. I just took the section of world two, episode three from story Smith that we discussed Takinoko in. And I just took that part and put it in this clip. So it's a little bit shorter than a usual episode. Check it out. We hope you like it. We discussed Takinoko, the animated series. It's a deep uh, story with with loneliness and love, and it, it's quite good. I think if I could, I mean, I'm on the episode, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, and we also sort of create the Bowserverse inadvertently, so that's that's a thing. Uh, check it out, and if you like it, the link to Storysmiths will be in the episode description. And uh, just check check out Storysmiths. It's on Instagram at Storysmithscast and on Twitter also at Storysmithscast. That's at S-T-O-R-Y-S-M-I-T-H-S-C-A-S-T at Storysmithscast. Um, if you don't know what Storysmiths is because you haven't usually listened to these intros, um, Storysmiths is an episode we created. This is a podcast we created, I'm sorry, where... We on each episode we discuss a topic or an IP or a world or a twist on a story given to us by our Tailweaver community, and the Tailweavers are the listeners of Storysmiths. So we hear these crazy ideas, good ideas, terrible ideas, whatever they are. We take them and we have an hour to convert those into a book, a story, a movie, a series, an animated short, whatever it is. We basically try to work on it and see how we would write the script if it was completely up to us. And anyway, take a look at this, see what you think about it. It's Takinoko. You can't go wrong. You love you love Takinoko. You love Takinoko. I, who doesn't love Takinoko? All right. Well, enjoy. I hope you like it. And I hope to see you here for the next episode and at Storysmiths as well. Take care, guys. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 3, Takinoko, The Animated Story. Hello, Tailweavers. If you skip to this point, because I said in the intro, if you want to just hear the Takinoko bit, skip to this point. Then welcome. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> welcome to Storysmiths. Um, so yeah, so this is where we are. Um, for those who did listen to the last episode, we hope your feedback was uh, met and you felt like you were part of the story and your decisions accordingly. So now let's move on to the next part, which is the bulk of the story, which will be for this episode. I'm going to give a drum roll. Somebody's going to give an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
Today's topic is Akinoko, the movie. <laughs> All right, for those of you who don't know, Takenoko is a board game designed by Ant- An- Antoine or Antonio? Antoine, he's Belgian. I think. Oh, he's Belgian, so, yeah. Yeah. Antoine Bowser, right? Yeah. And within yes. and within the Bowserverse, we can find uh, such <laughs> we, we can find Takenoko, <laughs> we can find Tokaido, and what else am I missing? And the upcoming Seven Namiji. Wonders. Seven Wonders. Um Hanabi. Yeah. And Namiji, the one that's going on Kickstarter right now. So, guys, go get it. All right. So, for those of you who don't know, there's a burgeoning hobby board game scene. And um, (laughs) one of the best intro games out there is a game called Takinoko, which is a game about an adorable little panda. Um, Or you can buy the collector's edition like I have, where it's not so adorable and little. It's just gigantic panda and boobie. It's still adorable. Having having played your your copy... (laughs) It has. It is a wonderful game. Yeah, it is. So let me just read to you the description of this game because we want to stay within the uh, the real lore. <laughs> you know, it says a long time ago at the Japanese imperial court, the Chinese emperor offered a giant panda bear as a symbol of peace to the Japanese emperor. Since then, the Japanese emperor has entrusted his court members the players with the difficult task of caring for the animal by tending to his bamboo garden in takinoko the players will cultivate land plots irrigate them and grow one of the three species of bamboo green yellow and pink with the help of the imperial gardener <laughs> to maintain this bamboo garden they will have to bear with a moderate hunger and sacred animal for the juicy and tender bamboo the player who manages his land plots best Growing the most bamboo while feeding the delicate appetite of the panda will win the game. So it's super exciting. As <laughs> it is my opinion that this has to be a Pixar-like movie. Yes, definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Actually, I think of it more like a Pixar short. I don't really even see it as a full... Um, Full-length movie? Yeah, that actually makes sense. Like, it can movie. be a short thing. Yeah. No dialogue. Or are you just? Oh yeah, just like um, what was the like most one they Pixar just shorts recently? Bow. Oh yeah, true. Bow the birds. Like m- most of their shorts are. Most of the Pixar shorts are uh, silent. Uh yeah, sure. We can do something like that. I think I think we don't. Um, since Pixar doesn't actually have the rights to this, we don't like cage ourselves with that idea. But we use that as a model, right? Pixar like. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You hit it on the head. So something animated, um, not super heavy on the dialogue, um, something that has like an embedded message somewhere in it, but it's you know cute and uh, it's not just cute, but it's uh, inspiring towards the end. I guess that's what a Pixar short is, right? So, I think I think it should um, be. I think it should be because according to the lore, it's a panda that was gifted to them by the Chinese, right, to the Japanese imperial court. So, yes. th- so basically, it is in the spirit of friendship. The Chinese emperor shows up in Japan, and I'm guessing it's Kyoto at this point, right? Not Tokyo yet. And probably. And mm. he arrives and presents the Japanese emperor with a small little cage, and there's a small little panda in it. It's a baby panda, or a pan, or a very young panda, right? And it is entrusted to the gardener, right? Because there's the gardener in the in the game, and the gardener is young at this point. And then basically, the whole the whole short is how the game mechanics work and all of that. We can include it. But the idea is how the panda and the gardener become friends, even though the gardener is frustrated with the panda's eating 
and uh, all of that. And just basically, I have I have another idea. It okay. might throw things into a little bit of overdrive. Okay, <laughs> interesting. So, have you have you guys ever heard of a podcast called um, "The Orbiting Human Circus of the Year"? No, can't say that. You I should have. listen to it. Everyone should listen to it. It's phenomenal. But basically, it's kind of like a drama. Like it's a, it's it's, it's there's a narrator and I don't know what, but basically the story is the janitor at the Eiffel tower. Um, he, uh, it's from his perspective and there's a massive, uh, ballroom at the top of the Eiffel tower where the orbiting human circus of the air happens. And they do fantastical shows like singing fleas and, you know, dancing elephants. And it's broadcast across the world and the whole world grips hold of their radios when it's coming on and they love it. And it's, uh, the most beautiful thing in the world. And then towards the end of it, I don't want to do this, actually. Never mind. So massive spoiler alert <laughs> if you are going to listen to it. At the end of it, it turns out it's in the imagination of the uh, janitor who's lonely and spends, you know, 23 hours a day, you know, by himself. So um, so I was thinking the, the farmer, not the farmer, the gardener, um, is growing up as an apprentice to the actual royal uh, gardener. And um, he gets so, like, there's so much time he has spent his work, he's taken away from the other peers of his age and so on. And so he kind of imagines um, this panda, a best friend, who is a best friend and a nuisance, and he hates him, but he loves him. And we don't know any of this as the story is being told until later, until the end of the story, where we find out that the panda didn't exist in the first place. Where the panda was actually a statue gifted by the Chinese emperor. That's a great idea, actually. That's great. Oh, I want that, as sad as it is. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) But in the end, no, but but the thing ends on, but if we follow, if we follow Elias's idea, I think it should end on a happy note, or at least on a positive note, where he looks at the panda statue, he sighs, but then out of the corner of his eye, he sees a lovely little, you know, lovely little, a lovely girl his age, you know, best friend or whatever, and they sort of smile at each other, and you can end it there. Yeah, we could do something like that where um, using this imaginary panda, okay, which is his... uh, Also his wing hand. Well, exactly. So he bonds with somebody over telling them stories about this panda, which doesn't exist, which is just a statue. And because of that, they kind of become best friends. And um, you later find out the panda never existed. But he Ooh, now actually, has a best friend. Can I put a little twist on that? Go for it. Um, I was he thinking marries the panda. That in- <laughs> yes, no, the girl he saw is actually the metaphor for the panda. Like, he grew up with her and so on. And it's like these adventures and the um, the panda was her, essentially. Like, I actually saw them when they first, like, met each other. They're, like, kids. He's, like, he's looking at the panda. He's, like, what is this? Oh, it's cute. And it just look at, uh, looks at him, and it's all cute and everything, and just chomps on his hand. And that's how the, the whole shenanigans in the story starts off as the oh, frustration that's, that's and the really anger. really good. Nice. Yeah. Fun fact. That's really good. It's called a, a group of pandas. It's yeah. called a cupboard of pandas. A what? I, I know that. A cupboard. A cupboard. cupboard. Another oh, do you remember when we wanted to make a board, a board game, uh, where we play games and video them and put them on YouTube. Yeah. And um, I asked you what your, your publishing house name was, and you told me, Covered a Panda. <laughs> so that's why I know that. <laughs> Good memory, man. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. Second fun fact, 
Panda diplomacy. Well, yeah, it's what China's been doing forever. So China actually owns all pandas. Oh, right. I thought it was the pandas. diplomacy, but with panda. <laughs> so what I, what all pandas belong to the Chinese state. Yeah, they're all just like they can always be like brought back if you don't do what China does wants you to do. They're, 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 basically, it's a panda leasing system. Yeah, it's a hostage system. So when when Eugenia, when you were talking Jesus, about know the, uh, the the world, I thought you were going to connect that somehow to seventh one, seven seven wonders. In that world, um, in the ages, and because you know China's been around forever, um, but I really like the story of the girl. You know, we could create a, a Bowser Bowserverse in the sense, like in Tokaido, which is another one of his games. You're basically just trying to have the most fulfilling walk along the Tokaido Road in Japan. Mm. So we can have like somebody come through the area. Yeah, you know who, that he interacts with. You know who the yeah. samurai with the bag over his head. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh yeah, there's a guy that literally just wears a paper bag over his head. I, I'm sure it's not a paper bag, but it looks like a paper maybe, bag. Maybe it's a lantern. I don't know, but you can't see his face. <laughs> and the mini's really fun. And basically, he can be like the he's like a cool five second character who just shows up and does like six stances with his with his katana and keeps going. Like he shows yeah. he shows up and he does like a what do you call it? He he, he does like a topiary of the panda. And then keeps going. Yeah, exactly. No, oh, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. actually just have a have like a quick conversation. Like uh, the main gardener sends this uh, young apprentice off to get him something from the inn or whatever, or maybe buy some food or something to drink. So he goes to buy it for his um, a mentor, and there's this badass uh, samurai dude with a basket on his head, and uh, they have like a conversation about, I don't know, um, do you do you Oh, maybe maybe this is where it sort of it starts to break down, where no one in Japan has ever seen a panda, right? Because all they're all from China. So the um, the guy, there's a conversation like, "Do you really believe that pandas exist?" or something like that. Like pandas are Santa Claus or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, the kid is like, "Yeah, I got a best friend who's a panda." And that's where it's sort of kind of... And uh, are you going to do again from like our first episode? Are you going to do the uh, sound? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to do the uh, the <laughs> silly child. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you actually believe in pandas? Like how old are you? Aren't you a bit old to still believe in pandas? And so this way we keep the youthful um, wonder of pandas sort of like Santa Claus. Right, and you have the little girl from Tokaido just, you know, well up with a wonder at hearing about having a, I mean, the guy has a best friend panda. Because one of the, one of the characters exactly. in Tokaido is a, ti- is, a, is a tiny little urchin girl or something. That's right, she gets free meals at the end. There we go, because she's so cute. <laughs> she, she could even be the girl that he wants to connect with, right? Mm. Like, I love AK's idea of um, uh, when they were, like, the panda sort of mirrors his relationship with this young girl. So when they met Things didn't go so well, so maybe the panda bit him because the girl actually like didn't want to be around him. You know what I mean? So uh, that shunningness, uh, being shunned by the panda, was the same thing that happened with that girl. And sort of you see over time how his relationship with the panda reflects his relationship with her. And at the end of it, when him and the panda let go of their enmity and become best friends, the panda sort of disappears, and um, you, you know it's just a statue. And he meets the girl, and they become besties. 
<laughs> That's nice. And he can still have that scarf. And, you know, actually, you can have the girl bite him as well, not shun him. She could have actually physically also bit him like they were playing. And then she was like, I don't like you. And just chomp and just runs away. But, Mo, uh, t uh, I'd like your contribution on this. You tend to be good with these kind of characters. I was thinking, you know, we want to, since this is an issue of, you know, loneliness, which is, you know, mental health uh, deals into it. I know this is in, you know, Imperial Japan. But um, I want to have some sort of um, character. You see, we have that samurai with the basket on his head that treats the imagination with like scorn and, and, and laughter. But I want maybe a character that when the kid explains to them about his best friend, the, the panda, the guy sort of like understands and speaks to the child. And You want uh, an Uncle Iroh. Yes, exactly. An Uncle Iroh. Is, isn't, there, isn't there an old man character in the Tokaido set? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, probably. I, I don't know the characters that well. But we've we've got enough. We pulled enough from Takedo. All right, so just a, like just a general, yeah, I mean, Uncle Iroh kind could of thing. Be, yeah, it could be the gardener, the the main gardener, like the the. But I don't think so. I don't like that. I don't want that relationship to be sweet. I want it to be kind of rough, and that's why he looks for solace in uh, this panda. Okay, so how about the innkeeper? Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. Uh, not the innkeeper, but um. All right, Mo, what do you think? Yeah. What are you thinking? Who's the samurai character again? The samurai character and is a character from Shokaido. Uh, he, he runs into him at the end when his mentor sends him to buy <gasps> Oh, I got it. I got it. Sorry, sorry. I got it. I got it. Thank totally. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All, right, all, right, all right. Someone has to deliver something. What are they delivering? Because they'll be showing up every once in a while. And that's like the only interaction they have with this person that shows up and delivers something for him. Fertilizer? Fertilizer? Yeah. Hey, Jinx. <laughs> okay. Did you just say fertilizer? So there's a fertilizer delivery dude. And this guy just comes <laughs> and delivers the fertilizer. And every time he sees him, he goes, hey, little kid, how you doing? And the kid goes, I just saw the panda. And the panda did this. And the panda did that. And the guy's like, oh, did he? That's awesome. Like, you know. <laughs> and he just he treats the kid with, you know, decency and respect. And uh, that's their entire like at the end of the of, when the kid's done telling him about the panda, he just kind of looks at him and goes, "Okay, bye," and <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> like there's there's no real. So I've got, I've got a yeah, got another interaction as well. Um, so the innkeeper doesn't like this guy, this kid, and um, the fertilizer guy listens to him, and because he knows fertilizer, he knows, and uh, you know at that point in time, the the emperor. Uh, so this fertilizer guy, before he was doing fertilizer, he was the official uh, poop ana analyzer for the emperor. Okay, <laughs> poop analyzer. <laughs> that's the thing. That, that's called that's guano thing, right? expert. <laughs> there you go. We've got a name for it now. Oh well, yeah, the South Pacific was rich in guano. So at one point he delivered um, a, um, uh, I guess, a, a, a analysis of. The, the emperor's poop, for lack of a better word, okay. uh, which was not favorable to the emperor. The emperor did not like it, and he fired him. The king's stinking son fired me, and thank you so much for bringing up such a painful subject. While you're at it, why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? We're closed! 
and the emperor ended up dying from. Told him he had like high blood sugar or something. Yeah, and the emperor basically ended up being sick in bed for a while because he should have listened to this guy. Anyway, so this guy's living his life, delivering poop to places to make things grow. So when he heard the child uh, talking about the panda, he told him, "Well, I'll believe you if you find some poop, right? Because I'm a poop expert." And um, the next time he visits, he sees the innkeeper chastising him because he was the child was saving some poop, right? Just waiting for this guy to visit. So when he shows up, the interaction between him and the innkeeper is you know, the innkeeper saying, "This guy's this kid is uh, doing crazy things. He's saving poop." saying it's panda poop, and he said that you're going to settle this for us. So he shows his mercy, and he sides with the child, um, and then pulls out the emperor card, and he's like, I, I used to analyze poop for the emperor. I know I know my poop. This is panda poop. The child is telling the truth. Um, awesome. And that starts off the relationship. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Okay. Toilet humor reversed. <laughs> Okay, that's that's actually a good fucking Pixar movie, by the way. Like, yeah, it, 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 I mean, yeah, it's 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 light in the sense of plot elements, but there's a lot happening there. It's there's there's a depth of like, you know, the mental condition. The, we struggle with loneliness. We struggle with, um, you know, the relationship between the mentor and the apprentice. I think that's that's a pretty good story, though. Uh, what else uh, do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to make it any longer? Do you want to keep it short? How do you feel about this? It could be a long short. So basically, it can be you know a, a twenty-five minute short. It could be like a half-hour thing. Okay. Because okay. we have we have enough content to develop into something. Now, obviously, it's not going to be um, it's not going to be spoken. There's just going to be like huh huh huh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sound. I mean, I think I think we throw in a few words. Like, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Silent Movie by Mel Brooks. No, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I there, know. There's one word spoken in the movie. It's no, and it's spoken by a mime, which is amazing. By so the many. mime, by Marcel <laughs> Marceau. Marcel yeah, exactly. Marcel Marceau. But um, in any case, whether it's a mime, whether it's Marcel Marceau or not, it's a mime speaking the only word in the movie, which is so brilliant in so many ways no so yeah so we can have something like that where like uh we limit the words as much as possible use visual storytelling as much as possible and just have like a couple words here and there like you guys ever watch um the last me the last studio ghibli movie um red turtle i haven't no uh yeah i was with you when we watched it oh yeah yeah sorry we went to the festival um it's uh there's very few words in the movie um but the the couple words that are spoken they just sort of add a lot of urgent urgency and you know desperation to the story like if the person is desperate enough to use a word that you can understand as the viewer they're really desperate to find this person that they're looking for so we can do something like that where we use words as a device of a storytelling device, as opposed to just you know, this is narration, this is dialogue. So yeah, yeah, that works. Okay. And it could be in actually proper Japanese, so it's not fully understood by everybody except for people who speak native Japanese. I like that. Okay. And I'm I obviously I'm I'm quite ignorant on famous Japanese voice actors, but I'm but some Jap people who are recognized in the Japanese animation gig or 
famous actors to just voice these three or four particular words because that adds a little bit more gravitas to it, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly. Sure. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like the person, it's sort of a meta thing where the person, you, you pick a thespian, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like where they have Charles dance uh, reading. I don't know. In, um, in the big fat quiz of the year, <laughs> they have Charles dance. Who's like the guy who played uh Tywin Lannister. Um, and he comes in and he, it's like, he reads a passage um, and it's like he's dressed up in a robe, a smoking jacket. There's a leather chair and there's a fireplace. And he reads like a Twitter, a tweet. <laughs> and they have to like guess who actually posted that. It's, it's a quiz show. But, it's brilliant. But having it's Charles brilliant. Dance be the one that does it lends gravitas even to something as silly as a tweet. So. Oh, get Miyazaki to voice the, the old gardener. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd fanboy the hell out. <laughs> Notice me, senpai. Notice all me. Right, all right, Pixar, we're counting on you to get Miyazaki. <laughs> right. Miyazaki and um, uh, George Takei, if, uh, I think he still speaks Japanese. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, the, he's uh, the panda. He's the panda. And when he's he sees, the panda. And when oh, he sees the, my. And when he sees the young gardener looking over at the young lady, he goes, oh, my. <laughs> You know, with the with, with the eyebrow. But he is waggle. actually, um, but he is actually a brilliant and, voice actor. He was the um, oh, he's, the, I love uh, his warden, voice. and he was the warden in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Remember that um, Earthbending warden? Yes, and he's also, um, you know, Sulu. <laughs> he's uh, also so the, the he's also the I emperor of voice Japan actor. in Command and Conquer Three, I think. No, Red Alert Three. So there should definitely oh, be. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. And Red Alert, huh? In Red wow. Alert three, in Red Alert three, like the weird one with the... all I remember, all I remember from I remember from Red Alert two was Yuri, the uh, yeah, the yeah, weird the, the, Russian scientist, Russian dude. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's Udo Kier. He's a he, Udo Kier. He's a very famous European. There actor. was some good acting in those games. In Tim the Curry, no, no. In three, it's amazing. No, in three, it's amazing. Oh, they, it's got J, they got Curry, J.K. Yeah. Simmons to be the, uh, the the president of the United States. That's right. Yeah, that's so good because they couldn't rely on like. Too much graphics, so they literally just made it like a movie. It's awesome. That's so, the beauty about yeah, Command and yeah. Conquer. I remember also Civilization too. They had uh, actors for that too. Oh yeah, the culture. Remember the oh, cultural, too. the cultural um, uh, advisors. The, uh, yeah, the advisor, the cultural advisor was Elvis throughout every different. <laughs> remember, and, and and I think it was Elvis and Atoga going like, "Anything you need, no noble leader." <laughs> oh God! Thank you very much. Oh man. Okay, cool. So we got it. Uh, Mo, you had an idea earlier. You cut off Eugenio and made more work for me in the editing process. What was it? Yeah, it was. Um, I was just gonna flesh out uh, General Iroh's um, the the uncle. So yeah, he the, was the, the poop the guy. Scat advisor. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, and it, yeah. he was. He we was call, the, we call him the Scat Man. <laughs> That's a very that's a very deep '90s reference right there for all of all of you Zennials listening to this right now. I'm the scat man. All right, so uh, he was actually the um, the emperor's uh, uh, brother brother of sorts. Uh, so that's why he was trusted. Um, and when he was purged. He was also purged along with the the um one of the daughters of a former concubine that passed away. 
and he wanted to keep but, her safe, sorry, so he took her with before him. Before we keep going down that, um, the emperor's brother is a scat expert, like a shit expert. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, he's like a stepbrother, right? Okay, all right. So Mo, there's got to like stepbrothers, you know, as opposed to other brothers, probably get like the short end uh, of the poop. So 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 he's a, yeah. Anyway, he he's the son of one of the concubines of the last emperor. I, so. I feel yes. like we're. I feel like this is getting a bit into grimdark territory, just a little bit. And That's fine. Well, <laughs> but the, grimdark duck. So here's where it gets uplifting. Oh, it gets geez, uplifting. No. It gets uplifting here. So he takes with him um, one of one of the children, the 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 female children that were going to be um, um, lost to court politics, and that's the one that this guy meets. Okay, the young man. So the kid that's yeah. working at the inn is actually someone yes. who was going to be uh, grow up to become a some member of the court or a concubine or some sort of. Uh, person within the emperor's the girl, court. the girl, yeah, and he had a soft spot for her, so he saved her from that life. Yeah, I mean, okay, sure, it's not so grim dark, Eugenio. Just, no, but I mean, I mean, it's grim dark compared to most Pixar things. Also, an Pixar-like adult taking things. like a little girl is kind of. It's quite on point for Imperial Japan, though. That's true. Uh, there's a lot of great like movies about like, you know, samurai protectors of young. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. The, the part of the Bowserverse that can be very grim dark is Seven Wonders. You can go apeshit on that one. Exactly. Whenever you say Bowserverse, so, hold on. Are we doing more than one episode? Bowser, but from New Jersey, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh no, I was thinking Bowserverse. <laughs> yeah, him and the Mushroom King. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see it. You gotta see him down in Trenton, man. It's amazing. <laughs> oh man! No, we're definitely not doing more than one episode. We could do another episode in like a few episodes down the line. We can do like a callback or something sure. to the Bowserverse because the oh, Bowserverse okay. is legit. But I think we got a pretty good story, guys. It's uh, it's fun. It's light. It's beautiful. The shenanigans with pandas, but it touches on some very deep points. We have some good characters. We have. Not so good adults. We have kind, understanding adults. We have jerks, um, and most importantly, we treat the subject with, you know, imperfect respect, right? Which is the main thing that needs to be uh, looked at. So, um, I feel good about the story. I think it'd make a marvelous Pixar short. Uh, so Disney, give me a call. We'll arrange something. Uh, we're happy to flesh this out into a full script for you. So, if not DreamWorks or um, I, I think they're all owned by studio. Disney at this point, <laughs> right? Maybe maybe we go with Canal Plus or something in Europe. <laughs> haven't been taken over yet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Or, or like no, or like the new Asma Day like media productions. Or oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the that's the other one. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, the last time they tried to make a tabletop into a movie, they did Dungeons and Dragons in two thousand and one, and that was oh the one with the Wayans brothers. <laughs> Was it with the Wayans brothers? I think one Wayans brother was, was in it? it. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about the really bad one with Thora Birch and what, whatever the kid was who played uh, Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark in the '90s. It's like from two, the year I think 2000 that movie or was one of the reasons I did not want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, this is stupid. 
Yeah, because it just looked bad. This will just get me beat up even more. Why would I even want to? It, did, it did have Jeremy Irons in it, though. Oh, yes, so. it did. But Marlon Wayans is in it. His name is Snails. So. Oh my and you, God, and, and is, it, is it the typical thing where, you know, it's medieval and everybody talks in a heighty English accent and then he comes in and he comes in going, hey, what's it going on? <laughs> I have no idea because I haven't seen that movie since I was a child and um, I don't want to. So, <laughs> yeah, there was another one. There was another one that came out at the same time that was sort of like dragony. It wasn't. Dragony. Er- it wasn't. No, no, it was. <laughs> wasn't it Rain of Fire? The one oh, it's the, so good. I love Rain of Fire. Oh, is it man. because Matthew McConaughey or, gets chomped at the end? No, it's because um, of the idea of jumping out of a helicopter to kill yeah, a Yeah, with a with, with, with massive axe. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That, was, that was a fun movie. That, that was a fun movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Oh my God, they're making another Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> yeah, they are. They they're are. also making a magic movie, Magic the Gathering movie. So. A Netflix series of oh, has Netflix been canceled. Series, yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, the third White Wolf is going to show up on the silver screen now because you know oh, really? the first. Yeah, the first one was um, Jon Snow, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, now uh, the Witcher's coming out. You know, he's the that's right in, in the Elvish language of the of the Zhukovsky novels. He's called the Gwyn Blade, which means the White Wolf, with his long cascading gray hairs, and now. The I don't know who the writers are, but they're making a they're making a treatment for the Elric of Melnibone novels. Mm, mm. For those of you who don't know, Elric of Melnibone is one of Michael Moorcock's greatest pieces of fan, of swords and sandals fantasy. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's the, but, the champion, etern- the eternal champion. Just just look look for it and read it. It's amazing. But the one I'm super excited about is the Wheel of Time series coming out on Amazon. Like I've been following everything, table reads, pictures, yeah. leaks, and uh, I'm super excited for that. So The Dragon Shall Be Reborn. I was saying there's some really good reviews about the Golden Compass as well. Sorry, oh, his oh, Dark, yeah, his dark I got, Materials, I got, yeah, yeah. His Dark Materials is the fact that they got, uh, I, I want to I see how uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda does as Lee Scoresby. Yeah. I'm very interested Me too, in especially because... He's going to be heavily involved in the King Killer Chronicles. Yes, so he is. The, yes, he is. The he's, name he's, of the he's Word and the Wise Men's Fear. He's both make the movies the and the series. He's going to be involved in both the movies and the series. That's great because so, you need someone nice. who knows who has musical well. knowledge. Because Patrick Correct, Rothfuss, because Kvothe is a is a bard, basically. It's a bard, yeah. He's, he's a lute player. So, and, and Patrick Rothfuss has come you know, uh, forward in saying that he knows next to nothing about music. So the fact, so the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda is a fan is true. a huge huge plus true true anyway guys you have all this to look forward to and also don't forget to look forward to uh the upcoming short story takinoko the anime <laughs> short <laughs> written by the story the dumb story smiths guys <laughs> damn story smiths guys yeah. that's right dumb story smiths guys Produ- in that bowser universe produced by um pixar and starring um miyazaki and George Takei. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. All right, guys. Thanks for everything. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us here again in season two. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StorySmithsCast. Let us know on Twitter at StorySmithsCast, which is at S T O R Y S M I T H S C A S T. Or again, that's 
at S-T-O-R-Y-S-M-I-T-H-S-C-A-S-T. Links to this in the description. Let us know over there what story you'd like us to forge on the next episode. So just any ideas, put it on there. We'll put it on the list. We have a growing idea list and all contributions from listeners go on there and we'll give you credit when we do do your idea. Do do. <laughs> I'm a scat man. All right, anyway, um, it can be an IP. It can be an original idea. Uh, we have things on there from the Takinoko IP all the way to Alienware versus Razor, Cult of the Fanboy. <laughs> fanboy with an eye. Fanboy with an eye. And from there, we'll pick we'll pick a, a, our favorite that time. <laughs> random one, and we'll break that down in the next episode. So look forward to interacting with you on Twitter. Uh, take care of yourself, Tailweavers. And until then, until the next episode, in three weeks, be kind to each other and tell more stories. Say bye, guys. Johnny. Sayonara. Toodaloos. Our theme music is The Great Forest from Visager from the album Songs from an Unmade World. Thank you.